places me far as I be known. Haven't time to stack around in comfort all the years. So when we get a little time before our boat gets going, we head on down to the library, and this is what we hear. Come, Come on, on in, look, look all around, around. There's, there's plenty forward to see. Make your own self right at home. I love the library. Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson. And that was Alec and Nicole McMurrin singing an original piece that they created for the library. For today's show, I've taken an archived listening project that was done several years ago. It is Brenda Louise interviewing Ethelyn Lopez. Ethelyn has recently been honored by the PIA as a past mentor and her picture is hanging in the entryway uh, to the PIA building. One of the things Ethelyn is most well remembered for is the cultural, the Clinkett cultural program she created and taught at the elementary school for many, many years. And she is fondly remembered for that. And in this excerpt, Ethelyn tells us about where she was born, about growing up in cake and meeting her husband, starting her family, and then developing the cultural program. Ethelyn, when we were coming over to uh, the library for this, 
we got to talking about stories of Lumber Street and where where you were from, but. Um, I wanted to backtrack just a little bit because you told a, a fascinating story about uh, where you were born. So can you tell me what what you just told me about uh, being born at Port Alexander? That's where I was born, Port Alexander. Uh, at the time, it was a thrive in Itatabic Canary, here in Canada. That's where my dad was uh, doing some heron fishing in a little boat. Did they have a, a medical facility out there that you were born, or were you born at home? No, I was born in a cabin, and I came feet first with a web around me. My brothers always claimed, that's why I'm so mean, <laughs> because I came feet first. <laughs> <laughs> And, and how long did you live out in Port Alexander? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think we stayed there very long because my mom and my mama Sean. Mama Sean means old mom in Clinket. Mrs. Newton. She was my mom and her were like this. They couldn't bear to part. We were supposed to have settled in Huna, where my mom originally came from. But my dad decided they were going to raise their kids in cake because of my mom and Mrs. Newton being like this. So that's where we were raised in cake. And I still, after living here for how many years, I still call cake my home. I don't call cake home. To me, it's always, I'll be home. <laughs> and did you meet Art over in cake? Oh, no, in Walla Walla. Uh, he was working for uh, a private irrigate, irrigation where they were raising sugar beets at the time. I was working in a kitchen for the Washington Pea Growers Association. Uh, one night I came, I went, I went to town. I lived seven miles out of town, little cabin by myself. And Art and I had the same uh, manager of the places where we were staying. One night I went to see this movie called Across the White Missouri. It was a brand new movie. And it lasted a little longer. And I missed my bus. And I went into the Star Cafe. Eating a tuna for Sandra. And my manager, the manager says, and what are you doing here? He says, you know what? Manuel, I missed my bus, and I can't afford a, I can't afford a cab. Says, well, I'll tell you what. You see that guy sitting at the end of the corner? He's was Art. <laughs> he had on a leather jacket and tight jeans. He's having a cup of coffee. He says he's a nice guy. Manuel said, I'll I'll vouch for him. I'll ask him if he can give you a ride home. He doesn't live very far from where you stay. I saw Art turn around, look at me. I saw him shaking his head. 
Yeah, he can take me home. He couldn't speak English very well. And I understood that. He asked me if he could take me to a different movie the next night. And I knew how to say yes in Spanish. See? (laughs) 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 He seemed like a nice guy. And from there, things things started rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you ended up getting married and raising a family. Mm -hmm. He must have been a nice guy. He was a nice guy. He could barely speak English. I used to walk, talk with my hands a lot to make him understand what I was saying. And shake his head. Oh, okay. (laughs) And so how did you get back up to Petersburg with Art? Oh, we got married in Walla Walla. June 15th and from there he had a job in San Joaquin Valley so we drove we drove all the way down irrigating he was doing irrigating down there too but this was for lettuce and one night he took me to the movie it was a Spanish movie I went to buy a bag of popcorn. I fainted in the lobby. I didn't know I was four months pregnant. <laughs> when I opened my eyes, what the hell? People standing around me, staring down at me. <laughs> I guess one of the Mexican guys knew Art. He ran to get him. <sighs> Took me to the doctor the next day. Oh, I'm four months pregnant, and I didn't know. (laughs) That was Mike. So the temperature would get up to 104, 106 between there, San Joaquin Valley, and he'd put on his leather jacket and hip boots to go and irrigate. About between 3 and 4 in the morning. And I do my iron. I even ironed his T-shirts. I don't know why I was doing so. (laughs) Things like that. 4 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) When I was about, I think I was seven or eight months pregnant. It was too hot for me. I was miserable. I got out of bed one morning about quarter to three AM art I wanna go back home and have my baby at home. So he I understood that he wanted to bring me up to have my baby with my family around for the summer. It happened he fell in love with fishing, which was my luck. <laughs> so, after summer ended, my brothers taught him how to go hunting and 
fishing and all that. My dad taught him how to trap and how to skin mink. Uh, he had beginner's luck trolling. Couldn't afford an outboard motor, so he used to roll trolling out of cake. He had beginner's luck also trapping. He learned my dad, my dad taught him how to skin a mink and land otter and all that stuff. When my brothers first took him out hunting, as hey Art, there's a deer. Where? Up in the trees. My dad would get mad at them. <laughs> He'd believe it too. Look up in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> So did you stay out in Cake for a long time? We, let's see, between between Mike and Cecilia, they were only 11 months apart. They were like raising twins. When Cecilia was a year old, we moved here. It was in the 50s. I have it down here somewhere. Oh, 1954? Yeah, yeah, that's when we moved here to Petersburg. We lived upstairs at Marie Tagabon's apartment. You know what? Our refrigerator was an egg, wooden egg box nailed outside of the kitchen window. <laughs> And you just got to keep your food from the ravens. This is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson. Today, we're listening to an archived listening project between Brenda Louise and Ethelyn Lopez, as Ethelyn talks about her life with her husband, Art, raising a young family in Petersburg in the 1950s. Before we moved here from Cake, I, I learned how to put up a... I learned how to jar venison. I went and picked berries every day. and I learned how to jar salmon. We moved here with all of that. Uh, didn't have to worry too much about buying groceries. Art was only making $28 a week working in, at Omer's um, cooking crabs and shrimps. We survived on that. With two babies. Two babies. Cecilia was born in cake. That's why they were only 11 months apart. Everybody was sitting around me upstairs. Yes. Luckily, I was working in a crap, floating crap cannery, Thompson's floating crap cannery, canning, canning crabs, those little half-pound cans. Luckily, the shuttle broke down. Otherwise, Cecilia would have been born in a floating crap cannery. <laughs> because when I had my babies, they... They don't wait for anything. They come right now. I was always lucky with all seven of them. They flew me over here with the baby the next day, the next morning, to see if everything turned out okay. 
Here's only a four and a half pounds. Holy moly. When uh, Florence Bell was the public nursing cake, when she heard that I still had a month to go before she's supposed to be born. She went around and collected uh, hot water bottles and on, on each a basket, and she lined those hot water bottles with warm water to keep the baby in after the baby came. She was little. Uh, was this Carmen? Who was next? It was Cecilia. Oh, this was Cecilia that was t- so tiny? Oh, my. She's cake person. Her dad used to tease her about it. <laughs> so after you lived, after you were um, living in those apartments, um, did you go to back to work? Yeah, my my niece uh, Delphine Nanak. You know Darnell. Oh yeah, I do. Her mom oh. used to babysit for me. I worked at uh, Kaler and Doll. And later, I I was used to hire her to babysit so I can go and pick shrimp. She used to make more than I did. But it was to get away from home. <laughs> get away from the kids. <laughs> but you had more kids. You, did you say you had seven kids altogether? Uh-huh. I wanted one more. Dr. Smith was my, my doctor with all seven. He didn't want me to have another one. I wanted four boys and four girls. Um, I had blood, low blood count all the time I was having them. I was, well, I'm skinny now. I'm, I'm 79 years old, but in those days I was skinny. I look like I just got well from tuberculosis. <laughs> so he didn't want me to have any more kids. I felt bad about that for a while. So all the, the five other kids were born here in Petersburg? Oh, yeah. Mike was the older. He, he was born in the old hospital up here. Right. I guess I swallowed all of Petersburg. I can hear Dr. Smith stand at the, the window and behind his back whistling a Christmas carol. Dr. Smith, it's not December and you're humming a Christmas carol. And I heard her. I heard him say, her first baby. <laughs> <laughs> With the rest, I knew I knew better. I just went whenever I was having a baby. I just went with the tide. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been on Lumber Street for a long time. How did you guys end up up there? We, from there, we moved over to uh, Max Hobby's apartment. It was right where uh, the gar- their garage is now. Oh, on Singley, or mm-hmm. uh, on mm-hmm. Bridge? But it's a little bigger than living down here. 
Rose Hobby was a relative of mine, so she was always good to the kids and I. I just never went anywhere. I figured someday the kids are not going to be little forever. And whenever Art came home from a halibut fishing, march right to the bar and talk about fishing as if they didn't do enough fishing. Oh, that used to make me mad. I used to think to myself, well, the kids are not going to be little forever. My day will come, and I can do it, too. <laughs> well, that was a pretty little house up on the on Lumber Street when you it was, moved in. I don't remember. Art and LeBron were on the same. They were starving down in uh, Washington. They were, they were saying, I don't remember with who. And we had this $3,000 in the savings. We were saving for a house. And I went in to talk to uh, Ed Locken. I told him, Mr. Locken, I think we can afford to pay $40. <laughs> I didn't know this. They set the price. And Dick Coward said, when we left the office, because Ed Locken was going around... He was going along with everything I'm saying. <laughs> the coward said, wow, he just went along with everything. He was agreeing with everything you're giving to him. <laughs> My face would turn red every time I thought about it for a long, long time. <laughs> wow. So you were able to give him the $3,000 and still make $40 house payments? Oh, yeah. That's pretty amazing. We paid it off right away, though. Um, Ard was always on a good boat. He's making good money. But one time Ard wanted to uh, buy a rowboat for $200, and Ned Locken told him, sent the wife down. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, he took a liking to me. And whenever I met him on the street with that Mike and Cecilia, he'd reach in his pocket and give them quarters. In those days, a quarter was a lot of money. I don't know why. He just, he was just nice to me. <laughs> Gosh, so how long have you been on Lumber Street? Let's see, when Chris was born. I never remember years, Brenda. Well, he's older than I am. He's old. Is he in his 60s or is he still in his 50s? Let's see. We already had Mike, Cecilia, Tina. And when Chris was a baby was when we moved up to Lumber Street. Art wasn't even in here. He was starving in Peter in down south in Washington, troll, uh, saying in. <laughs> I drew out all the money and bought, made a down payment on the house, just a little house. Well, that's what we were saving money for, so I just went right ahead rather than spending money on a part rent. Later on, Ard was thankful that I did that. Now, you see the big house? Ard did that himself. He had Pete Tinas help him, and Pete Tinas didn't want any pay. 
All he wanted was lunch. He liked the way I used to serve lunch. (laughs) (laughs) He was a good friend. He was a good man. I remember Pete. Boy, a lot of a lot of kids grew up on Lumber Street. Amy Hollingstead was up there with her kids, and oh, Grandma was. Lyons was up there with. There was a lot of Native families up there. A lot of kids up there. Dinner time, lunch time. All mothers would be standing on the porch yelling for them to come home. <laughs> <laughs> When did you start working for the school? Were all the kids gone when you started working in the school, doing the cultural I think, programs? I think Lorenzo, my youngest one, was in the fourth grade. That's when I started. I worked up there for 20 years, and I... For some reason, I started the Indian culture. I... I always Mel Stockton that he was always after me to start something. So I started from kindergarten on up to fifth grade. I had programs for every grade. And every every other year I used to have a potlatch between the second and third grade. We made it Mel and I decided we'd have it every other year because it involved a lot of work, uh, putting up camps in th- in three classes and little tents, you know, miniature tents. It was fun, a lot of work, a lot of crawling around, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, some of my kids were in those camps where they had made their paper vests and their their mm-hmm. ravens and their eagles and little badges and there was a lot of kids learned a lot about the native culture by those fish camps that you did. A lot, a lot of parents always came up there to to see if what I was teaching was the hard stuff. No, it wasn't. <laughs> And counting, having the counting contests. Oh, the trinket counting between the fourth grade. Tell them, you are going to learn how to count from 1 to 20 in trinket. There will be first, second, and third prize. The first prize is ice cream bars. The third prize is, second prize is uh, popsicle made out of fruit juice. The third prize is plain old watered popsicle. Do you want that? (laughs) No! (laughs) When I was going to, when I retired, they gave us a surprise retirement party up at the EMB Hall. I, when I came walking and I could hear the, my heart pounding at the top of my, all the high school teachers are here and the principal. He says, oh, my God, what's going on? Okay, I was used to talking to kids, but not grown-ups. <laughs> so I figured, oh, well, I won't worry about it. I'm going to say my thank you for last. <laughs> I was deathly afraid of 
before I started working about the elementary school. I was even afraid of my own shadow. I never went anywhere. I was was at home with the kids. Couldn't afford a babysitter to go anywhere anyway. We're always saving, saving, and saving. (laughs) My brother and his wife... My brother had a boat, little uh, cruiser. They decided they were going to come over and surprise me for my retirement part. And it got rough on them, so they had to really slow down. When they came walking up the hill, the Harold, Jackie. Harold said, was supposed to be a surprise, sis. Even the harbor master was checking on us. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you guys were going to be here. <laughs> Today's show is dedicated to the memory of Ethelyn and Art Lopez for the rich culture and kindness that they brought to Petersburg. Thank you for joining us. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library.